Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans. It's another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey. <laughs> so many things going on. Have you seen the O.J. Simpson 30 for 30 documentary? I guess it's a little bit more than a 30 for 30 because it debuted on ABC and then continue on ESPN. Have you watched it yet? I have not. And it's a five-part series, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit longer than, than usual, but I have not seen it. I can only imagine what it's about. I can only imagine the things that are going to be unveiled if you will, but it won't be surprising whatever it is that they have to show. So far, everybody's been shocked. Apparently, OJ's first wife used to be his best friend's girl mm-hmm. and OJ stole her. So that's shocking in itself because we can no longer be friends. If my friend, one of my girlfriends steals my man, our friendship is done. In fact, I may beat her up. <laughs> That's just real talk. But no, I would never beat up another woman over a man. Let me clarify that because I'm a believer if somebody takes your man or your woman, they weren't yours to begin with. True. But that, you do have true. some of those friends that'll do whatever. Well, so nonetheless, so they've, they've revealed some pretty interesting things. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more next week on our next episode because we want to give you guys an opportunity to check out at least the first part of the series, which is going to re-air. Depending on when you listen to this podcast, it could be today, tomorrow, or the next day. Right. That is correct. So uh, just check your calendars and uh, you'll you'll be able to check it out whenever you can. Uh, Let's get straight to uh, NASCAR. Let's get straight to the race, Michigan. Joey Logano punches his ticket into the uh, final chase at the end of the year. Congratulations to Team Penske and Joey Logano for his win over at Michigan. And a great win he had. I think what speaks volumes here, other than just Logano winning this race, and first of all, Logano is a phenomenal race car driver. He is, um, by all means, probably one of the hottest race car drivers that we've had in the last several years, other than the regular Jimmy Johnsons, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick's. But Joey Logano is... One of those faces that you see all the time. He's very consistent Whether year after year. Somebody wants to punch him in the face, right? Or he's just running very well <laughs> in the race. Exactly. We see his face. We always hear his name. That's right. So people who know NASCAR, fans of NASCAR, they know who Joey Logano is. But what speaks volumes here in this race is that the top five that finished the race, all young drivers, all of them, on their way up and getting better and better as each week goes by. Let me clarify a comment that Renee just made. We would say the top three are all young because Brad is 30. Right. So I don't know if that still qualifies him as young. And he finished fourth, by the way, and Kevin Harvick finished fifth. And I think Kevin is an old man. Well, Kevin is an old man. You're right. But Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm older than Brad. (laughs) I don't know. Am I older than Kevin? Probably Uh, so. I know. I'm definitely older than Kevin. Does that make us old? (laughs) I don't know. Makes us almost dead, I guess. Well, the top three. Well, the top three, right, that is correct. And maybe not so much the top 
top five, but I guess because of the top five being just younger in general, but being very, very young, uh, under 30. The top three under 30 uh, really speaks volumes here. I think this this goes to show that maybe we might be see the changing of the guard, so to speak. And I think this is a great thing for NASCAR. I think this is a great thing for this sport. And maybe not like right now, but in a couple of years to come, we might be seeing this a little bit more consistently, which is completely fine with me. Because not that I'm saying that I'm tired of seeing the older guys all the time, but it's nice and refreshing to see new faces, if that makes any sense. And I, I still have the utmost respect for all the older drivers. I'm just saying that it's nice and refreshing to see these new guys come up and really like trying to make their statement in this sport. Well, my favorite driver, Tony Stewart, and if you guys don't know, the ladies love smoke. It's ladies of a certain age love smoke. I'm not ready to see him go. Right. And he's 45. And quietly, people forget that Dale is 43, 44 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to see Dale go either. So I welcome the new faces, but I'm not ready to see any of my old guys leave. You know, when Mark Martin finally left, that kind of was like, yeah, Mark is a little mm -hmm. older. His personality didn't shine as bright as a Dale Jr. or a Tony Stewart. But the thought of watching next year without Tony, I'm not ready for that. I'm assuming some people felt the same way when Jeff Gordon retired, who's also around that age range. Right. In fact, I feel like Gordon may only be a year older or one year younger than Junior. I, I know he's around that right. age, yeah. but with that being said, you know, there is a change in a guard happening, but I'm not ready for it to happen. Right. Tony, do not retire. And Junior, <laughs> do not think about retiring at least for another 10 years. Yeah. Like, real talk, Junior, you have to race for another 10 years. Yeah. And Junior's not even my favorite driver, but I still don't want to see that guy retire. And here's okay, the other wait, thing about... Hold up. Let's retract Renee's last statement, because if you're a Junior fan... We don't want anything that, like, calm down. <laughs> calm right. down. That's right. Okay. He yeah. loves Dale Jr. I love Dale Jr. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love Dale Jr. Who who doesn't love Dale Jr.? Come okay. on. But anyway, it, it, as far as the race is concerned, this is this is the other thing that I, I noticed and that I, I really actually like. And even though that the young race car drivers were making a statement and didn't make a statement even at the end of the race, a lot of the older drivers, they kind of had some problems. And But it was nice and refreshing to see that the young, even though, and, and I know everybody has their favorite driver. And when your favorite driver doesn't finish the race, has a wreck, and it, it ends up off the track, I understand that that kind of like, it kind of puts a, a, a little damper on the race already because your driver is out. And then you're like, oh, well, well, what's the use of watching the race? Well, this is the reason why you watch the race, even though your driver goes out. And I know we had several, several uh, older drivers go out. Kyle Busch, Dale Jr., and uh, who was the other one that went out? Uh, well, those were did... the two main ones. Well, actually, well, those were the two main ones Yeah, that didn't because finish. Kyle went out with a blaze. Right, yeah, literally. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he didn't even finish the race. He wasn't able to come back. So he, I think he finished yeah. 40th. Right. And then, you know, I feel bad that we're having this conversation about old versus new, or, you know, young, rather, old right. versus young. So I guess if we're talking about the other driver, we're speaking of Dell Jr., who mm -hmm. also was knocked out the race, and he ended up finishing 39th. 
Correct. Because he was tapped by Chris Busher, then he ran into AJ Amadinger. Right. And then that knocked him out the race. Initially, it seemed like Junior thought he was going to be able to come back, but when his pit crew and his crew chief assessed the damage, they realized that, hey, you have to bring it to the garage. Right. So. Going on to what you're saying, if you look at this particular race, the young drivers did their thing. They finished one, two, and three, and mm-hmm. some of the older drivers, some of the familiar drivers, didn't break the top ten. Right. And speaking of the top ten, and going back to my man, ladies love smoke, smoke will rise. Right. Hashtag smoke will rise. <laughs> smoke came in seventh. So I guess we can't really do this whole young versus old thing because smoke proved that he still had a little gasoline left in the big old belly tank of his. Absolutely correct on smoke. He had a great car and I think he raced very well the entire day on Sunday. He actually ran, I believe, was it fourth almost? Yeah, he ran fourth for a little bit, you know, and then he kind of dropped to the back. I think the restarts killed him. Unlike the restart master, Joey Logano, it seems that Smoke is not, you know, he's a step or two behind on the restarts, but he was still able to come in seventh. Yeah, you know, I think what's also awesome about Joey Logano is that even though he was part of this younger generation, of of drivers that finished in the top three, he's probably the one young guy who has the most experience. This guy's been racing since he was 18 years old, practically, you know, and he's won so many races already that he's got probably the best experience. So out of the top three guys that finished the race this past Sunday, it makes sense that he won that race, but I would not have been surprised if Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson would have came in first either. Oh, God, Renee, I, I feel like you just have this thing with and Chase and Kyle. I, know, it always I don't know what it is. Every ever Chase since ever since that one episode, I swear it seems like <laughs> Okay, and if you guys are trying to prove me wrong. If you guys don't know what we're referring to, our first episode we talked about Kyle and Kyle Larson that is and Chase Elliott. And I believe it was our second episode. I proposed a question to Renee, who would win a race first, Kyle or Chase? It's taken a life of its own. If you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you know it's a reoccurring conversation that we Mm -hmm. have. We actually have a poll that we placed on Twitter asking you the question, who will win a race first, Kyle or Chase? On our Instagram, there are a few comments from other fans of NASCAR regarding this. It just seems as if all eyes are on Kyle and Chase because they are there. Every single race, they're at the finish line. So it's just a matter of one of them winning a race. But our ongoing question is, who is going to win that race first? Right. So I will ask you this, Renee. Are you still sticking to your statement that Kyle will not win a race before Chase? Yes. Yes. I'm going to stick with that. Even though they both make me nervous every single week, it seems like <laughs> I'm going to stick to that. And until I see different, then I'll be proven wrong when I'm proven wrong. So, But I'm going to stick to my guns here. Just bring it in perspective. Joy Logano is 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Chase Elliott is 20. And Kyle Larson is 23. So clearly there's something going on in NASCAR and there is a changing of the guard happening it's just that I'm not ready for it to happen. Renee are you ready? I'm not ready for that either. Don't get me wrong I'm not trying to insult any driver or age group or whatever but 
I like to see the older drivers still doing their thing as well as the young drivers trying to do their thing and it all coming together over a period of time. I mean, that's the way it works and that's the way I think every sport does it. You just see it over time. It doesn't happen overnight, but it just happens over time. And I think we're starting to see that here at NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's no different than when, when Kobe came in and the Jordan era officially ended. Yeah. The great thing is that Kobe and Jordan both played at the same time, unlike with LeBron, who is constantly compared to Michael Jordan. They didn't play together. Exactly. But with Kobe, we were able to actually watch it happen. I think I think that's a great, great point. That, uh, and it's, it's a great analogy there and a great perspective. I think just like you said, when you see guys like Jeff Gordon go and retire and, and go to the booth, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Jeff Gordon fans out there that probably hated to see him retire. Uh, I'm sure they like seeing him in the booth, but I think they would rather prefer uh, much seeing him on the track still. Do people really like seeing Jeff Gordon in the booth? I don't know. I don't What's know. What's your take on that? I, I, well, I mean, listen to episode three when I compare DW as in Daryl Waltrip mm -hmm. and Jeff Gordon to beer and wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that sums up my opinion. But, you know, since we're speaking about Jeff Gordon and we're talking about being in the booth, we can backtrack to last week when we discussed his comments regarding Brad Kozlowski at Poconos. So apparently the powers to be realized this is must-see TV and they arranged for a sit-down with Bad Brad and the Rainbow Warrior. Did you get a chance to see it? I saw and a little bit of clip of it. Yes, I did. And what did you think of it? You know what? I thought they were trying to be too friendly at first. And I was like, all right, you know what? Cut the crap. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Ask the question. And Brad, you just say what's on your mind and let's go at it. Because let's, it's obvious th these guys have a, a history. We all know what the history is. And uh, it's not a great history. <laughs> but it, it seemed like they were they were trying to be uh, cordial at so are first, you which that I totally they were understand. Being fake? I thought they were being fake to a certain extent, but I was like, "Hey, listen, you know what you said. I know what you said, and I know what you said in retaliation about what I said. So let's just put it out there and let's talk about it." And I think that they were just trying to be a little cordial, and maybe I don't know if NASCAR told them to do that. I don't know if uh, the powers of whoever behind the cameras told them to do that. But I thought it was going to be a little bit more intense, but it just didn't seem that way. It didn't come off that way. And I don't know if most people thought that I, the way that I did, but I thought they were being a little, uh, forced friendly there for a bit. And I was like, all right, let's, let, let's cut it out and let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Like, let, let's be real for a sec. Okay. Well, most people don't know the sit down was actually arranged prior to the incident. Mm. So. They still did the sit down, but just know that that was already planned before the comments were made. So I'm sure you guys are hanging on the edge of your seat waiting on my comments. I personally, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really like Jeff's demeanor in that interview. I understand that he's in a different position. He's off the track. He's in the booth. He has to remain professional, but it almost came off as if he was a sucker, like, I don't know if that's the correct terms, but I wasn't feeling it. 
And then I felt as if Brad Keselowski was almost like controlling the conversation. Like he took over the interview. Like he was like, I'm the man. No, Jeff (laughs) Gordon is the man. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, well, they both won a championship. You tell us, who do you think is the man? I don't know. I, I know one of our diehard listeners is a Jeff Gordon fanatic. So I am sure he is going to make a comment on Twitter about this conversation as well as on SoundCloud once we post this show. We'll pose this question again on our Instagram and Twitter. You let us know who you got, Jeff Gordon or Brad Keselowski. That is correct. And please hit us up on our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And Tam can tell you exactly where to find us. Oh, my God. Just like a man. Renee always every week wants me to tell you guys (laughs) where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as Renee said. Our username is Terms No Break. We are on iTunes, so make sure if you're on an iPhone and you want to listen in your car, check us out on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, and we are happy to announce we are now on Google Play for you Android users. I don't know why you have an Android, but if you have one, make sure to check us out on Google Play. Right on. I want to keep on with this uh, young driver kind of thing going here. There was a uh, a fantastic thing that happened over the weekend as well. And it was on Saturday during the Xfinity series. And me personally, coming from me, it's awesome. And I'm happy to announce that Daniel Suarez became the first Mexican-born driver ever to win a NASCAR National Series race. And I think that this speaks volumes right now with this sport not just so much with young drivers but just in general of maybe creating a new fan base here uh, with the latino community with the african-american community i think the more that we have things like this happen the more that nascar will appreciate the fact that they might be able to start now getting a new fan base more than they ever have and i know that we talked about this on a previous podcast tam where we were talking about how nascar and brian france were going to try to uh reach out and connect with a different audience and we talked about this specifically what kind of audience with the latino community and millennials i think this is a perfect example of what i think that they were talking about and not that this happened on purpose but daniel suarez winning this race is uh, an amazing thing and not just for mexican drivers drivers or Latino fans of NASCAR, but I think just for NASCAR as a whole. I think this is a wonderful, wonderful thing because he actually really beat out his teammate, Kyle Busch, who is actually a really good friend of his that's helped him and has actually kind of guided him through his young racing career. But the fact that this kid pulled this off is absolutely wonderful. We tweeted this from our account on Saturday after Daniel won. It reminds us a lot of another Mexican driver in NASCAR who's in the truck series. This guy was three-time champion in Mexico, in the NASCAR Mexico series, Mm -hmm. and he was out a year, and he finally made his return back into NASCAR truck series. And if you guys don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Jermaine. He is uh awesome guy he's great for the sport and he's a champion he's just not a champion in this country he's a champion in mexico right in the nascar series Absolutely. nonetheless that guy he made his return and believe it or not he raced and had a solid top 10 finish in the rattlesnake 400 and that's the truck series if you guys don't know right absolutely i think this is gonna really push this sport forward in years to come as well this is all goes back to looking 
looking at what is going on with the sport of NASCAR, all these wonderful things that are happening with the young drivers starting to really show their feathers, uh, with all these Mexican and uh, African American drivers oh, starting let's to create. Not forget Kyle, who's Japanese. Yeah, absolutely. Have. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. And look at all the diversity that NASCAR is starting to uh, get and promote, and all these wonderful things that are happening with the sport. Yeah. I think it's great. So the more and more and more that we see these things going on, the more and more we'll see NASCAR really, really kind of exploding and expanding into different categories of new fans and new faces. So, yeah, I mean, and for you guys that are old school, let's face it, in order for this sport to continue to grow, we have to attract new fans. Yes. We talked about it last week or week before last, and Renee touched on NASCAR new initiatives to reach out to Latinos, Latinas, as well as millennials. But we're really seeing it happen now as we speak on the track. Interesting enough, and just on the heels of that, NASCAR actually joined forces with the Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality, which is known as RISE, mm -hmm. to launch a new campaign to promote diversity. This campaign also promotes inclusion of equality for sports as well as the community at large. If you guys haven't seen it, the campaign and the public service announcement has started to run. Some familiar faces will be doing the public announcements for NASCAR's new diversity initiative. We have Mr. Six-Time Jimmy Johnson, you'll see Joey Logano, you'll see Eric Amarillo, you will also see Drive for Diversity graduates Kyle Larson as well as Bubba Wallace. These PSAs will pretty much encourage fans mm -hmm. to take a pledge to end racism and just on the heels of what happened in Orlando, we need this. As a society, as Americans, as NASCAR fans, we have to end racism. Yeah, in more ways than one, I think. Uh, and by the way, speaking of that, our hearts go out to and our thoughts go out to all all the families of the people who were killed or injured in that horrific situation that happened in Orlando. What a just a horrible, horrible thing. When things like that go on, whether they're not on U.S. soil or they are on U.S. soil, I think when we can look to sports for some kind of getaway and an uplifting kind of thing, this is what makes uh, guys like Daniel Suarez winning, being the first Mexican to win this, that kind of a race, and uh, seeing young drivers. Or and it doesn't have to be NASCAR. It can be it can be basketball. It can be uh, baseball. It can be football. It doesn't matter. But it's nice to see and enjoy things uh, that we can look back and reflect on and go. You know what? We do have some really nice things going on in this world, other than the crap that we usually see on CNN. Let's get back to the more positive things of what we were talking about <laughs> on a more positive note here. All the guys that have punched their ticket to the chase this season. Very actually surprised that Joey Logano hasn't won a race this year because I thought maybe he would have won a race already. Well, now he has won a race. Yes. There's still a lot of drivers out there who have not won a race and are still on the outside looking in. Yeah. I mean, Junior has not won a race. Nope. Believe it or not, though, if the chase started today, mm -hmm. Chase would be in the chase. Right. By points alone. And quietly, Kevin Harvick is sitting in the top spot. That's true. Yeah, that in terms is. of points, he won a race and points. He's he's sitting in number one. We can talk about this again, but Smoke has not won a race. He didn't make the chase the last two years, but he did win as an owner 
Mm -hmm. But it would be great to see this guy actually win a race, get in the top 30 in points so he can punch his own ticket to the chase. It's not going to be the same without him and not to mention it's the last year that he's racing. We are rooting for Smoke to be in the chase for sure. And we, meaning Tam and I, are both rooting for Smoke, even though I know that I went on record earlier in some of our previous podcasts that I didn't think he would make the chase and I didn't think he would win a race this year. But I really honestly am pulling for him because I would love to see Smoke go out at least racing in the chase. I'd love to see him at least win one race. Whether or not it'll happen this year, I'm not. I'm still not well, sure. Well, this is the only year that it's going to happen if yeah, it's going to happen. Exactly, yeah, but uh, I, I would totally love to see this guy at least win one, one more race before the year is out and before he retires. Going back to Dale, Dale may not be in the chase, but Dale is paid. Did you see the Forbes top 100 athletes in terms of money? Yeah, and I believe uh, him and Jimmy Johnson are in that. Yeah, and Dale is the highest paid NASCAR driver bringing in 23.5 million and jimmy johnson is the second highest paid nascar driver and he brought in 22.2 million believe it or not 16.2 million of that 22 million is in salaries and winnings so i don't know about you but if i have a kid today he's gonna be a nascar driver now granted <laughs> dale no kidding. dale was only the he he was 71st on the list out of the top 100 but when you think about it to bring in that kind of money just from driving a car, that's pretty bananas. Yeah. And I mean, now granted, we do know that they're risking their lives each time they go out there. But in what sport, aside from maybe basketball, I mean, and not that that's even safe with all these people getting hit in the groins lately. Right, so, no kidding. You know, but <laughs> it's just interesting to see. But glad that somebody made the list. If it couldn't be me, I'm happy it was Dale. That's right. And I think I barely just missed that list myself, but uh, oh, it's okay. Well, no, hey. no, maybe next year. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Dale for the 15th time on this podcast, please, if you guys don't, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I posted a quote to our Twitter account where Dale said, quote, we talk about packages too much. You know, Dale, we are with you. DW kind of touched on this in his article that's up on Fox Sports. It's actually a really good article if you guys have not seen it, but DW has an article that talks about adjusting to adjustments. There's just so much going on, packages this, adjustments that. DW article made reference to it being a changing of a guard, pretty much the theme of our show today from the, the older drivers, like a Tony Stewart, not necessarily being a, able to adjust to the new packages, whether it's, you know, the aerodynamics, the spoilers, all this, all that. There's just so much going on. And I think Junior said it correctly when he said, we talk about packages too mm -hmm. much. NASCAR, you've been driving how long? We understand that things change, but every week is something. It's this, it's that. And I mean, going back to Kyle Larson, if you guys aren't aware, he failed inspection, post-race inspection. So although this guy came in third place, he didn't pass post-race inspection. Right. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because his crew chief was already suspended from the race prior. Bef before, yeah. Yeah, so he didn't even have his crew chief this race. Yeah. He had an interim crew chief. So now he has more drama. So yeah. we don't know because as of us talking at this moment, NASCAR hasn't come down with the hammer. 
But again, packages, lug nuts, adjustments, this, this, that, 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 it is just too much. So if you guys haven't, make sure to check out DW as in Daryl Waltrip's article on Fox Sports regarding adjusting to the adjustments. Really good article, kind of sums up everything that I briefly touched on. And again, let's just give Dale Jr. a round of applause for his statement. There you go. Again, we yes. talk about packages too much. Going back to last week, what did I say? Can we just drive? Yeah. That's all I want. That's true. So we're going to wrap up, but before we wrap up, we will hit you with our fan comment of the week. Or actually, before we wrap up, make sure you check out our question on Twitter. We post the question, will Danica Patrick win a race in 2016? You guys already know what the results were. You know, to make it easier, we hit you guys with a yes, no, and a one day. As in, you don't know because you don't want to say yes or no. And 7% said yes. 50% said no. And 43% said one day, but not this year. Renee, what do you think? Do you Would you agree with the yes, no, or one day, but not this year? I would probably, well, I actually agree that one day, but just not this year. I said that more in a sarcastic kind of way, <laughs> but I really honestly don't see Danica Patrick winning a race other than there was a fan who actually said this, that posted this on our, our Twitter page, and, and it said that, it, it'll take a race for her where there's a huge accident and she just happens to get through it and ends up being in front. So you're saying a rain delay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably a rain delay or like one of our followers had posted saying that it was it would take a major accident and she just happens to get through it and happens to be in the lead. Something like that. That would be the only way and the only scenario that I could see Danica Patrick winning a race. And like I've said before, and I will say it again, it's not that me and Tam are Danica haters. We're, we're just, just saying Danica fans. Yes, we're just saying. There you go. Okay, so getting to our fan comment of the week. It's not a crazy comment. It's just a comment that I felt needed to be read. So Dale Jr.'s beard on Twitter. Yes, Dale Jr.'s beard has a Twitter account. Dale Jr.'s beard stated, need a win for sure for the fans, for the team, and for Jr.'s confidence in eyes. Otherwise, I see a CC change. Meaning that he sees a crew chief change if Dale Jr. doesn't win. So why did we choose to read this comment? Because it was Dale Jr. beard. That's why. Who doesn't want to hear from Dale Jr.'s beard? <laughs> okay, guys. So as we wrap up, we all know that there is not a race this weekend. It is Father's Day. And NASCAR loves Father's Day as much as it loves Mother's Day. So if there's any predictions, I predict that I'm going to have a wonderful Father's Day. And I hope that all the fathers out there have a wonderful Father's Day as well. And I will predict that you will. I can't imagine anybody having a horrible Father's Day. But unless they have a bad kid. Right. Unless you got some bad children. All right. Then you might have a bad Father's Day. Or unless you get a wallet. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> But I hope everyone has a good Father's Day this weekend. Please enjoy your families, enjoy yourselves, have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next time on another episode of All Turns No Breaks when we have the next race after that, after our Father's Day weekend uh, off. So with that being said, please look us up. You can look us up on our personal social media, my Twitter, my Instagram, 
and my Snapchat handles are all the same at it's Renee Garcia at I T S R E N E G A R C I A at it's Renee Garcia. You can find Tam at. You can find me at I am sincerely Tam on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Again, I am sincerely Tam. You can find the show at Turns No Breaks on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and anything else that you can think of, and Periscope. And of course, the show is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 